coaching humans on how to get clear about the work they're doing. By listening to others spill their guts, I know you'll relate, relieve some stress, and find the tools to freaking do what you feel called to do. Hello, boss babes. Welcome to another episode of Business Therapy. This is episode 26 with, oh, a girl I just love, a woman I love, Miss Erica Reed, and it is putting your energy where it counts with Muse Denim. Erica is a jewel. Erica is a gem. I am sincerely and truly honored to have Erica as an invested boss babe who shows up for me and shows up for herself, and that is why I was so excited to do this episode with her, and I know it is going to really help so many of you, especially we're close to the beginning of the new year and the new year brings with it lots of excited energy. There's a lot of collective momentum and I think that energy, like it is a collective energy that you can feel with lots of people talking about change, lots of people working on change and you can feel that energy and I want you to kind of just notice is that collective energy fueling you or is it making you drained or scattered? Is it making you feel kind of anxious because you're like, I gotta, I gotta plan. I gotta figure it out. Just notice it. Just be aware of it. And that's why regardless of what this kind of new year, new decade energy, regardless of how it's affecting you, this idea of putting your energy where it counts is really going to serve you. Because if you're feeling scattered, maybe drained, maybe feeling more limited energy, well, Yes, we want to be putting it where it counts. And if you're feeling like an abundance of energy and feeling kind of frantic, we want to make sure you're not just going bananas and burning the candle at both ends. And again, putting that energy where it's really going to serve you. So let's just start by doing this. Let's take a deep breath in and out. This is a message I've been sharing on lives and I've just been really feeling lately. And it is something I just really, really hope that you are open to hearing. So will you just kind of say, I'm going to be open to hearing this. I'm going to be open to hearing this. Like say it out loud, just maybe feel it. I want you to be open to the idea because I know that it's true that you are exactly qualified to do the work you want to do. And the reason (laughs) you feel called to do the work that is pulling you is because you have everything you need to do it. Everything is inside of you. The person that you need to be, you already are. And there might be some ideas or thoughts that you've not yet accessed or not yet uncovered that are going to really, really fuel you. But guess what? They're there. They exist. You are uniquely qualified to do the work that you feel called to do. And I say this because this is something that I've really questioned so much and letting go of the question and letting go of that energy suck of, but what if I'm delusional? But what if, but what if, but what if, right? 
I don't have the personality. I don't have this. I don't have that. Let go of that and have trust in the process that you don't have to chase anything. You don't have to find anything. You just show up every day. You do inspired work that brings you joy and it is all going to work out because you are uniquely and exactly qualified for the work that you're doing and the work that you want to do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. And if it doesn't serve you, it's going to find its way out of your life. If it's not serving you, it will find its way out of your life. You don't have to make the conscious decision. It's just going to happen if every day you're waking up and setting your intention to just take inspired, intuitive, aligned action. If that got too hippy-dippy for you, I don't care. Take a deep breath of it. Because I think going into this episode with that thought is the best thing that can possibly serve you. The other thing that I know is going to serve you is taking a sneaky peek at my Awesome On Demand membership. Awesome On Demand is my coaching program and my exclusive content vault. And this year I have added a Boss Babe Booster. Yes, at absolutely no additional charge, I have created content for you. My boss babes who like to listen to audio on the go and know that asking themselves the right questions unlocks your power. And that's what you're going to get every month in Awesome On Demand on top of all the other content, on top of the vault of dozens and dozens of audio gratitude practices, pep talks, worksheets, mini courses. You get discounts to my events and on my products. And I've added at no additional charge every month an audio lesson for my boss babes with a downloadable action plan. The pricing is going to go up on that soon. So be sure to check it out on theallisonshow.com. So now let's get into this episode with Erica. We've had a pep talk. I've told you about the products I have that I really know are going to serve you. And now we're going to talk about dreaming up a goal without knowing the steps to take you there and how that's magic. And I think that's what so many of us have done. But Erica has a really unique idea and a really unique business. I love the episode we had last week with Dave because it's very unique. And Erica also is very unique. And we are troubleshooting how to create the most direct path while you're really truly chasing something that you don't know the steps of, but then how to check in to make sure you're taking steps in the right direction. So if you need some support and fresh ideas, you're just going to love this episode. So let's dive right in. Yes. Okay. Let's get into it. What are you working on? Are you doing Muse Denim? Yes. Is that what you want to talk about? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Tell me where it's at right now. So right now I am gearing up for crowdfunding. We are planning to do crowdfunding in mid to end of March. So like all focus right now has been on prepping and planning and strategizing and all that good stuff. Okay, and tell me why you decided to go to the crowdfunding route. I've been bootstrapping for like two years now. And really with the technology, production and all that good stuff, like I need more capital. Then it's like the chicken and the egg situation. It's really hard to do like angel investing or VC investing before you're revenue generating. So my next best step. Okay, that's awesome. And where are you at in terms of like your product being done? And I don't know, I don't know if Ashley knows much. I think I know a little bit what the premise of Muse Denim is and so what it is you're like waiting on. What we're doing, we're using a 3D body scanning device. It's usually used for like tracking your fitness goals. And so we've been using it to gather measurements 
And the end goal is to build the algorithm based on that database. So you get measured, we get your measurements, and we pretty much translate that into a custom gene pattern. That's awesome. Do you get it? Yeah. How does that work? How do they run through? Is it like an image they send you or like, how does it? I have like a physical scanner. You stand on the scale, it rotates you and you get an output pretty much of your image. And then we can pinpoint the measurements we get from there. So if people were going to crowdfund, that makes it very location specific or does Mm -hmm. it not? Yes. Okay. So people are only going to be able to give you money if they live by you. So my plan is to pinpoint maybe a few major cities and then kind of travel with it, get a feel for where the customer base is, and then go to those cities and then kind of have a way to take their measurements in those places that I travel. Is there an alternate option for people who couldn't get to the location? Like if they thought that it was a good idea and if you are like custom fitting jeans, if they could look at body types online or something and say, yeah, that looks like me or this is my height and weight or whatever, if they could... If there's a way that they could match their body type if they can't get to the location. So we thought about having people send in their measurements, but then the accuracy of it then puts the responsibility on the end user instead of us. So how do you see this growing, right? Like, let's say you get all the money and I don't even love to ask that question because then it focuses on, well, then the only success is growth. I think from what I know about you, like your vision is that women are able to have these genes that like make them feel incredible and have this absolute perfect fit and they're empowering. So then of course you want to get this into the hands of as many women as possible. So how do you see this growing? Or do you see like, I get the technology and then somebody like Madewell comes and buys it from me. What are some thoughts there? I was thinking production wise, it's going to be really hard being small. I mean, that's one way that I have kind of sort of already pivoted in my mind to let go of the control of production and then been able to sell the algorithm and the technology to other denim brands. That's awesome. And so the algorithm, the technology, is that like something you're like a patent? Like how do you make that yours? Yeah, so you can't really patent an algorithm, but to make like some kind of physical software that okay. will be able to use the algorithm and then we could patent that. And so you are going to create a physical software? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to in order to be able to sell it. So at what point do you start crowdfunding when you have the software before you have the software before yeah it's the crowdfunding is going to help with the actual production of the algorithm and software so you need money in order to get the software done so are you going to do kickstarter or are you going to do something else yeah i'm going to do kickstarter what's going to be the offer that they get when they contribute to the funding Like, are they going to get a pair of jeans? Yeah. So it would be the same thing. Like I'd have to go to these certain cities. And so the biggest reward would be the jeans, but you'd have to be close enough to those other cities. And then of course, the smaller rewards would be like, you know, the small giveaways, like t-shirts and personalized things that are adjacent to, but not a pair of jeans. And what would be the price point that they would get like the pair of jeans at? 
150. 150. Mm-hmm. So, so this is awesome. And I already have a million things I want to say. <laughs> but, um, but most, most importantly, I want to know what were you hoping to talk about? Like, what are your pain points? What did you want to hope to address today? So it's funny. I actually talked to Tara today. I had a one-on-one with Tara earlier. So we talked about my strategy for like my newsletter and IG and all that good stuff. So I think one of the other pieces would be influencer marketing. I have, of course, listened to the audio course a gazillion times. My block is like when I'm listening to these and I'm jotting down ideas, it's like when I actually have a product and like, do I incentivize pre-product? So that's really, really tricky. And I do think it's really interesting. And I think that this is a position that a lot of businesses, a lot of people, and we all get in. And it is, you know, focusing on your newsletter is great. Focusing on influencers is great. Focusing on your social media. Those are all very important things. But if you ultimately don't have a product that is accessible, easy to get to, clear, and you don't have like a product, all of that stuff doesn't really matter. So what I would want to focus on, and then we can talk about like how you gift without a product, because I think there are a lot of ways to start building relationships and lots of different things you could do is I would really, really want to focus on how we can make what it is you have to give and what it is you have to offer people to build a community around, there's something there. Right now, it's just a little too far away. The dream is a little too far away for people to like hop onto, I think. Right. So just to be super like, and I know you can take it, right? Where um, (laughs) like, but just where it's like, join the newsletter, follow me on Instagram and you're going to update us and, you know, So I do get where you're at, where you're like, there's all these ideas and all of these gifts and everybody's telling me to do all these things. And it's not super congruent with your world, which you're living in the world of, I'm this far away from having a product. It's not like somebody we're talking to who's like, I want to get aprons made and they're just trying to find the right manufacturer to make the aprons. Right. There's like software and tech. So are you able to, let's say you get this crap. So back to my original point of, and Ashley, chime in anytime you think that I'm going askew, but let's get back to this original point of what is it that you can give people that is tangible and real and helps them be a part of this dream, right? And you're getting mm-hmm. close to the crowdfunding goal, which is a part of that. I would make it a priority. I would try to get to 10 cities. Okay. In your mind, were you thinking like, I'm going to go to like two or three cities or what, what were your expectations around that? I had really big expectations. Mine's like 30 cities. Okay. 30 cities. No, I love that. I love that. I think 30 cities is amazing because I don't, I honestly, I don't know if there's a way you can be successful crowdfunding if you aren't listing 30 cities. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so that's awesome to know. Okay. So that's great that that's where your head at, where there's 30 cities. And are you going to be able to go and use this machine and get them the gene? Yes. I don't know if you're like familiar with other kind of situations, but Zappos, they call it the Zappos business model now. What he would do is back in the day, he would go into the store, take a picture of a shoe and then put it online and he would go to the store and get it instead of it being like a full on situation that he was showing he had. So right now, it would be like a one-to-one. It would be like taking measurements and making custom jeans, like one-to-one in the beginning before I have the software or algorithm. Which is great because you're still giving people like, if it's happening for someone, then people can look at it and be like, this can happen for me. So how do you gift people? How do you get people involved? All the newsletter, all of that stuff is great. But honestly, 
I would spend, and I think it's awesome because you're going to need all of that when you go to crowdfund, but like, this is what I would do. I would pick, if it's possible, 10 people to make jeans for. Yeah, that's on my... Is that possible? Yeah. So that's what I think where it's like trying to get many more people than those people. I don't know. Like, what are some of your ideas for like how like you could drum up? I'm really thinking because I do think it's a little bit of an uphill battle. I'm not going to lie. So I'm trying to think through it for you. But I know that Kickstarter has affiliate based things. So you could tell them that they could earn because I don't know if you have mm. money to pay an influencer up front to talk about your jeans because a pair of jeans is nice. I don't know if it'll cut it for a lot of people to post about the Kickstarter. And right. also on the side of someone who works posting about companies, it is 10 times harder to sell a Kickstarter. My sister just it did is. a Kickstarter for Bloody Buddy for like the menstrual cups. It did really well and it funded, but it was the people that normally post for them were selling like a fifth of what they normally do when someone can just get it with a quick turnaround, you know? Right. So I'm just trying to think through if you're making pairs of jeans, I know you can use the Kickstarter has an affiliate thing logged in in the background. And I know one way you can make it easier as you can register them for them. I'm looking at your step. I didn't check out. Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, oh, I'm bored by this conversation now. No, I'm, I'm looking at your step. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do love the idea of offering to make a custom pair of jeans. I would have some kind of positive messaging with it, which I think you already do a good job doing online. And then I would ask people that, that could drum up. I just think, I honestly am just a little concerned what the timeline is going to be because what you're asking someone to post about is to go to a city, hopefully that there's by a city. Getting people out of their houses is also very difficult. So they yeah. to get measured. And then from that point, they're spending $150 that they might not even see for, I don't know what the time turnaround is, but maybe like a year, I'm guessing. I don't know. What's the timeline? Once you run the, run the Kickstarter to go mm -hmm. on tour then turn around and do the pants. What's like the timeline that they would get the pair of pants back at? Like six months. Six months. Okay. Yeah. So I think, which the only concern there is like, is my shape going to change? In six months? <laughs> right. 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 Like that's a yeah. real, that's like a real thing for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> my size are, can change many in six of months. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I love the idea of the custom pair of jeans. I just honestly don't know if affiliate marketing is going to be the best way to get the message out about it. Honestly. Yeah. And I feel like you could spend a lot of time and money and a lot of time trying to find people who are willing to talk about something that is just kind of a confusing sell. Even Allison and I are taking a minute to process it. And so, and you might not get that much time in an email from an influencer, you know? And so right. I'm just trying to think, I do think your best option is going to be getting out to cities and maybe working with, when you're doing those tours, are you going to be in other like women's expos? Or well, that's what I was, I was just coming? thinking, like what, what have been your thoughts around being at women's expos and having booths there and selling in person? What are your thoughts there? Have you thought about that at all? No, because of production. Like, I think I was like holding back until I had like more information on what production would look like. Um, so now I'm feeling a little bit better. So that is something I could definitely look into. I just think if you have the material in their hands that they could like touch and feel. At yeah. those, and if you're not responsible for bringing out the crowd, like if you're going to expos and things like that, where there's already thousands of women coming through. Yeah. You let them feel them. They get a stand on the machine. Maybe you do scans for free. Like anyone that wants to stand on and get scanned for free. That's to fun. Do that. Like people would be yeah. super interested in that. Yeah. You're wearing the jeans. You have somebody with you who's wearing them too. Okay. First, I just want to say something before we go down this rabbit hole. One, you're doing something really difficult. 
you're doing something that not everybody can do. The price to pay is steep, which is going to yield an amazing reward. Okay. So lots of people can start an online boutique and lots of people can make online content and sell it. And lots of people can do educational things, right? What you're doing is technical, is software, right? So it's just really expensive. So yeah. the first, the first, yeah, it's really expensive. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that you have, I, I know you're so smart. And because one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you is because you always show up for me. You show up at our events. You're in my coaching program. You're, you know what I mean? Like you show up and you participate and you don't just buy the audio courses. You listen to the audio courses and you immerse yourself in the community. And one question I want to ask and then ask yourself is, are you also immersing yourself in a community? of people who are doing stuff that is similar to what you're doing. Do you know anybody who's doing anything like this? Not specifically, like some people in fashion and technology, like the fash tech world. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like everything is so specific and niche. It's in the technical world. I'm in those kinds of groups with women in tech and black women in tech and women in fashion yeah. and technology. Um, but it's, it's a small world right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's a super small world. And so this is just a thought. This is just a thought because I love this and I'm super excited and I don't want you to get discouraged because we're like, wow, this is really hard. We don't know. You know like, no, don't, don't. Like, like, X, X on that tone. Like, it, it is really hard. It, yeah. it is really hard. It's not what everybody's doing, which is why the payout and the reward and the challenge, like, are you enjoying this process? Yeah, I think I enjoy the connection and meeting the woman. I am not, I'm totally right brain. Like I am a creative, I am the business side of it is not the fun side for me. <laughs> okay. So, so that's good. That's good. So, so the first thing I want to say is you're learning so much. You're growing so much. What you're doing is so challenging. It's stretching you. Yes. Like it is stretching you. It is like yes. pulling you out of your comfort zone. And like, listen, like me being a boss and being organized <laughs> and being a manager that like it, it literally, it's like me being smushed in between two rocks. Yeah. That's still set. It makes me sad and depressed and want to die. And <laughs> to the point where several months ago, I was like, I don't like my job anymore. I quit. I hate everything. So <laughs> we know that there's learning new stuff and stretching yourself. And then there's doing a job that just isn't a job you want to do. Right now, I think you're learning and you're stretching yourself. But I also want you to remember, you don't have to do every part of this job. Yeah. Right? There are people who know how to raise money. There are people who know how to do tech. There are people who know how to build software. And you just said one of your favorite parts is the connection, right? Mm -hmm. Is the community. And I would just like want to blow your mind a little bit. I don't think you need to be at Black Women in Tech conferences. You need to be where the white boys with the money are. (laughs) Yeah. And because you're a Black woman in tech, they're all going to be like, hi, we're sorry. What can we do to help? (laughs) Or any one of them who's smart 
should be. Do you see what I'm saying? For you, I see the importance of, yeah, girl, keep listening to the influencer courses, work on your email, work on your social media. You have all those resources. You're surrounding yourself with them. But this is only going to work if you get people who know more than you about this in your world. Does that make sense? Yeah. How How does that feel to you when I talk about that? Like, what does that do for you? Have you thought about this? Are you like, like, how do you feel about that? (laughs) I don't feel, I do have like mentors and advisors specifically for Muse. And I just think that one of my blocks is asking for something when I don't have something to give in return. Okay. So that's great that you're able to identify that block. And these mentors and advisors, do you feel like they know more than you? Do you feel like you have the right mentors and advisors? Yeah. And that's awesome. What kind of mentors and advisors, like how did you find them? One I went to school with. So I went to Georgia Tech, which is an engineering and tech school. I have those connections. So one of, two of them have actually built things and have sold things. So they know, they know the world and how to navigate it. Okay. That's awesome. And then do you feel like, like, I just would be so interested in like what the tech conferences are. We have like Silicon Slopes tech, we have Mm -hmm. all these tech companies in Utah and they do like the Silicon Slopes conference. And I would love Erica to show up at Silicon Slopes or something like that instead of showing up at Alt Summit, right? Mm -hmm. Which is amazing. And I recommend to everyone, but showing up places like that where you're like really learning and getting to know people in that industry and building your network there because I think building your network there is going to be more important now than building your network of influencers and I think everything you've learned with influencers and all that stuff is going to come in hand a little bit later when it's a little bit more built up but the principles but the principles are the same as you going to a conference Yeah. It's the the same. It's the same principle of like clearly communicate what it is you're doing. Be open to meeting new people. Be right. Like don't expect people to just give you like give you stuff. So to get to your block, you're not giving people nothing because remember how good we all feel like Ashley and I, like we're not getting nothing right now. We love helping. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it makes us feel good. It makes us feel smart. We're like, Oh, look at your problem. (laughs) We can figure it out. We can't figure out our own problems, right? What my experience with business is, is a bunch of people who are really, when they can see that I care about something, there's a bunch of people who are really excited to help me succeed. And that's honestly been my experience with business. And I know a lot of people can tell you differently, but I'm really excited to see other people succeed. I'm really excited to champion people that I feel like I could really help and mentor. And you do too. Yeah. That's the entire culture of brand school. All of these women come together who are just really excited in any way they can to help other people succeed. And so I think just like remembering that when you're going into a situation, people love to hear themselves talk. People love to give advice. People love to be considered an expert. And if you go and just take interest in people and talk to people, you're giving them a huge gift. And so rather than thinking of it as I'm this sponge and I'm just 
or because there's being a sponge and then there's being a leech. Okay. So I think rather than thinking of yourself as a leech, we're like, I'm going up and I'm just like sucking information and I have nothing to give and I'm draining people. A passive little sponge sitting there, you're soaking up all this information. Nobody's bothered by you. When I can tell somebody is listening to me and like cares about what I'm saying, I just start pouring more and more and more and more. Yeah. Like this, this is exactly like to the point where I have to stop and be like, did you want any of this? Like, <laughs> so one, I think like you're doing everything right. You've got mentors, you've got advisors, you're working on an email list. We could say you're not posting as much on your social media and you're doing all of this, but you can only spend your time. You have a full-time job, right? Yeah. And you only have so many hours a day, so you can only spend your time doing certain things. And I think really blocking out your time and spending your time on how can I get these genes? I think it's getting the tech, figuring out the software, And then I would start researching conferences, expos. I really think like getting yourself physically at expos is going to be big. Yeah. Yeah. Because even every person, if they don't buy the pair of jeans right there at the expo, I feel like they're going to remember the experience of standing on. They're going to recognize the brand name. Like eventually it all comes back around. Well, I also think what you do is you use that really strong brand that you're working on to Uh give them something to interact with in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. And so to give you some tangible ideas, I think one thing you're missing and that you might have, but is a a rallying cry that is independent of the genes where people are like, I'm a muse woman, right? Or I'm a muse or whatever it is that they like want the t-shirt or they want the pen or they want the water bottle where it's an item that is so cool. They want it even though there's no jeans because it has the brand, it has the message. Yeah. Do you have something like that? No. You have your Muse t-shirt, which is really yeah. cute, but like something that says what you want it to say, because I think the only thing you can give people when you don't have the product is a cause, a hope, a rallying cry, a message, mm-hmm. a dream to hold on to. And yeah. so again, that's just one idea. That's a way to do it if you want to do it that way. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So if you're mm-hmm. like, we've got a long road here, because again, anything you focus energy on that isn't this is going to divert your attention. You could think of all like, okay, so you have something to sell. So you start selling something to people and you start getting an idea of you're getting a customer base, you're getting emails, you have stuff to send people. And so then instead of becoming the girl who's just working on getting these jeans done, you're the girl who sells that really cool t shirt who and oh she's trying to make jeans too you see what I'm saying that's one idea I have and the only reason I throw that idea to you is because you have really surrounded yourself with people who do something like that so part Mm -hmm. of me says that that's something you would be interested in yeah also that gives you a way to connect with people a way to meet with people so you've come to brand school you've worked on your stuff do you have any sort of saying or wording or message or why you believe kind of like identifies muse and like what it is you believe and what you're doing yeah I usually sign the end of things like you are you and that's your magic okay 
I love that. And that could be on a t-shirt, yeah. right? That could be on a t-shirt. That could be on a water bottle. That could be on what else? I don't know. I think you could do, I think you'd want to stick with clothing. I think you want I to think, stick with apparel. I also don't hate the idea of a patch that you put on your butt. And then it's like a movement of like putting it on your butt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would put you or you and that's your magic on my butt. Yeah. I would. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Even like biker shorts are super easy and sure and cute and in. Yeah. So that message of you are you and that's your magic, because it just depends like how far out you are. Also, that gives you something else to sell as part of your, your Kickstarter. Yeah. It gives you like another incentive. And so when you think of it that way, it's like, it's going to serve a lot of purposes where, okay, I don't want to wait six months for my $150 jeans, but I'm at a trade show and I see this really cute shirt and I get to get my body scanned. And it's like, well, I'm not going to spend the money on the jeans, but I'm not leaving without the shirt. Like you're giving people another option. And by giving them another option, they're remembering you. They're having a transaction with you. Sometimes in like online marketing, they call it like a tripwire, which it's such an easy thing. They're tripping over it and then it's activating the rest of the sales funnel. And so having kind of something like that, and then one step past that would be a free download, right? What is it? You are you and that's your magic screensavers or something that they download. So they opt into your email Mm -hmm. or you give it away. And it's something that people share. I mean, I think that's amazing. I think that's really cute. And I don't know if this is what you want to do because it's probably not, but I even think about like Dressed in Lala, how she has all these other clothing options. And then she occasionally releases like her custom things that she's mm-hmm. putting out on her own. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want a full wide or anything like she's doing, but she does make a point of saying like, this is a custom piece that I designed specifically like a Lala piece. Well, it's just like a different way of doing it, right? Yeah. So she built a bunch of money by selling other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she was able to get enough money to make her own stuff. Yeah. There's a million <laughs> different ways to do it. So that's why at the end of the day, It's like, what do you like doing? What do you want to spend your time on? What seems to be working and coming naturally? And I really feel like for you, it really is about the personal connection. It's about the network. The fact that you already have mentors and advisors. Like, I've never done anything like that. (laughs) And and actually, actually, I'm like, I know she's not going to be happy doing a business unless she's doing it with friends. It's true. And I'm always like, why are you partnering with people? What are you doing? (laughs) Oh, she, from her business likes friendship and connection. So you did that event bright night Mm -hmm. with your friends. Yep. She does brand school with me and stuff that she does by herself. She likes, she likes creating content online for friends online. Yeah. And then everything else isn't as much fun for you. No, it's not. She goes and does a keynote and she's like, because she's not doing that with a friend. It's true. I got her number. So anyway, I think so I think it's like a little bit like of an Ashley scenario for you where it's you're loving that connection, you're loving the mentors, you're loving that. So going to trade shows, going to expos, having something physical to sell and to give people, I think that's going to really help you have mm-hmm. something tie you over and give you incentive to keep posting that Instagram content, keep building that because you could gift that shirt to like 15 to 20 micro influencers. So like, Uh let's say like 
5,000 followers. They're going to wear it. They're going to tag it. And you can use a physical product to start growing a following around a physical product. Yeah. Right now, you're trying to grow a following around a story. And you haven't been ridiculously consistent about sharing that story. Honestly, because I don't think it's in your nature to pick up your phone every hour and be like, I want to tell you everything. <laughs> no. Okay, no. I'm making a lot of assumptions, Erica. So slap me in any time, okay? And so again, I don't want to fight against your nature because your nature is beautiful and your nature is perfect. I want you to build a business around your nature and around your strengths so that you right. like doing it. So let's get some active takeaways for you, Okay. So first off, you're doing a really good job and you're really pretty. So I mean, <laughs> done. Second, I think you're doing awesome. Like the idea of building a newsletter and, and all of those trappings, those marketing funnels is great. But I would start looking into the cost and production of a physical item. And what I would do is I would involve the community you have right now. Do you guys like this design or do you like this design? I'm just so excited to have this message out there. This is how I sign my emails. This is why I'm starting this company. And until I can get the jeans in your hands, I want to get the message in your hands, right? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Does that feel yes. good to you? Yes. Okay, awesome. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to go to your Instagram profile and I want you to put that you are you and that's your magic in your profile. It's not there. <laughs> It's not there. Okay. Got it. Yeah. You can even use the sparkle emojis. Yeah, a little sparkle, so whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. So you are you and that's your magic. And then we start looking and costing out a price for that. And then when you're working on your Kickstarter, when you're working on your crowdfunding, I think you know everything you're doing there. 30 cities is an amazing goal. Getting the t-shirts or getting the stickers or patches mm -hmm. out to people to get them talking about it. Don't get discouraged because like Ashley said, getting info influencers to post about Kickstarters is an uphill battle. And so again, don't get discouraged by that. Just know like that's a universal truth. And it'll totally work once you have the product. That's something yeah. that an influencer would love to share the perfect pair of jeans. Yeah. So it'll totally work just down the line a little bit. But I don't think that means how much money do you want to raise with your crowdfund? 60 is the goal. So I think it's like how many people do you need? It's a lot of people. So for $60,000 funded by 150, so even if 400 people gave you $150, that's $60,000. I think it's super doable, but also keep in mind, 400 is a lot of people. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a lot of people, but trust me, like I have over 100,000 people online and tens of thousands of people. And sometimes, very often, I can't sell 400 of something. Yeah. Right? So just keeping that in mind, what are some other ideas do you think then for that? Yeah, I don't know. I think you're doing a great job. I really like the idea of getting into tech conferences. Yeah. I think that's a good idea to communicate. And I think it's the same principles, like asking for what you want, connecting with people. Yeah. I think you're doing great. Yeah, because I also think if you need money... Go to where the money is. Go places where people have money. You know what you're saying? Where it's hard to get like an angel investor and all this. But like, I believe in you. I really do. If the, re like if the technology... $60,000 isn't that much it's money. It's not. Especially to, especially to those kind of yeah. people. Yeah. And so that's... Especially if it's somebody whose brain is kind of there. It's great to think you're going to get $60,000 from like 400 people giving you $150. But like, again, every hour you spend going in a different direction keeps you from getting the thing done. If you could get yeah. like one or two people to give you $30,000, you're just like, what could I do? Yeah. 
wouldn't give up on that yet. I really wouldn't okay. give up on that. That would be like my one thing. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, that seems a lot more reachable and attainable than crowdfunding right now. Just because you don't have a physical product yeah. yet. And I do think that 30 cities is great. I think it's a great idea putting it out there, but I would, I would really put it in your heart and I would really look right. And I would really look at conferences, trade shows. I would even think about doing some boutiques or trade shows even before you do the crowdfunding. Yeah. Because then when you think about the content for the video, you're like Mm -hmm. showing people in the jeans, you're showing people trying it on. Right. I don't know. It's just something to think about. You can have them going at the same time too. They did a Bloody Buddy booth during the Kickstarter. So they had them out there for people to like feel and touch and whatever. And then they had an iPad right there for people to donate to the Kickstarter. It's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Because I know like, because so she's talking about Pinner's Conference, mm-hmm. which is like a big like women's expo they do out here. They do it in Arizona. They do it in you're in, Where are you in Georgia? Mm-hmm. So I know, I'm sure they have lots of them out there. I would just start looking into the cost of different things like that, right? Because you might be able to make some money by selling t-shirts. You might spend some money, but then be able to make some money. Again, right now, you're going to be in a deficit. That's why it's tricky though with your product of thinking of crowdfunding. It's just, it's a different product. Yeah. So I think that it's definitely an option. Is it your only solution? I don't think so. How do you feel about that? Did we bum you out? (laughs) No, it's just more daunting asking one or two people for 30,000 than it is. That's what it is. Just, yeah, that's what it is. Or six people for $10,000. See, it's hardly any money. You have these resources, you have these investors. I I think it's so cool that you went to Georgia Tech too. Like that opens your world so much. I would know literally nobody in tech if I if that was my yeah thing I had to do. So I think that's awesome that you already have those connections. Yeah, because really what you need is money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all day long, people like me and Ashley and Tara, bless her, are gonna tell you all the other things to do. But what you need is money. Yeah. Right? And that's just a different type of business. We're like mm-hmm. Marco Polo, like we know the founder of Marco Polo, where it's like they literally just keep raising money and they're not profitable at all. Yeah. You should reach out to Marco Polo. They might know. They might, they might know. They might know. Actually, yeah. I, see, I actually think she would be a fantastic person for you to connect with. If you email me, I'll get you her email. Yeah. Because she's she, great. She's super great. She loves helping female founders yeah. and she is very connected with investors too. So yeah. she might know someone. So will you email me and yes. I'll connect with her? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because here's the question. This is the question. It's uncomfortable asking for a lot of money or trying to raise money for this. I get that. So it seems a lot less daunting to ask people on the internet to give you money for the product. But let's say that doesn't work. I believe in you and I absolutely believe that you can grow this business. I absolutely believe that. I'm not 100% confident that you're going to do it with crowdfunding. Again, I would love if you can do it with crowdfunding, right? I think that would be great. So the question is, if crowdfunding doesn't work, what's your next option? Yeah, having to go to investors. And I'll also say with crowdfunding, you spend a lot of money to make an effective campaign too. I think my sister spent 20,000 almost on like video and ads and everything. Have you talked to very many people who have done crowdfunding? Not many, but like three people who have. Yeah, I mean, that's better than nothing. And what kind of products did they sell? One was a tech product. How did the tech product do? They had a successful campaign, but they put in 
a lot of money up front. Okay. That's super interesting. And so it's like, if you're going to be putting that money in up front, honestly, I don't know if it's not a better use of that money to get you in a trade show, get you in boutique, like, you know, get you in expos and get you to conferences, meeting people to help you. You yeah. can spend the money one way. Yeah. And I absolutely believe that you could make crowdfunding and Kickstarter a success. So I don't want you to walk away from that. I just want you to ask yourself, are you making that decision? from a place of scarcity and fear or Mm -hmm. from a place of abundance because this is something I've been saying to Ashley and this is like my goal for the next year and it's like I don't want to make any more decisions chasing success I want to make decisions chasing my purpose and like what's going to serve people but it's very very easy to start to think that they're the same thing Mm. I can only serve people by getting this one thing so I have to chase this one thing when at the end of the day is like if you really want to get these genes on women's bodies that's the end goal rather than all of these little in-between goals because of fear or because we're uncomfortable or because we don't know how to do the other thing. I think there's a more direct route and you're going to learn, you're going to learn a lot of stuff along the way, but I just feel like, especially because the tech's going to like take a long time, like let's get Mm -hmm. you on the most direct route possible. Has this been helpful or not helpful? Yes, (laughs) it's been helpful. (laughs) You really are awesome. You're so awesome. I'm so excited. so excited about this. I'm so excited. And I love you taking on this challenge of like, you, you know, software. Sure. Why not? Like, like, why not figure that out? Because so many people, so many people can't see an end goal that doesn't involve them knowing every step. Yeah. That's most everybody. So people don't imagine end goals that they can't imagine all the steps for. That's truly, that's so limiting. And that's why I love that you have magic in your, you know, like that's your magic because that's what magic is to me. Being able to see something that doesn't exist and not knowing every step for getting there, but believing that you can get there. That is like magic, you know? (laughs) I'm not going to start crying, but it might. It's fine. Um, So I'm, I'm really, really, really excited for you. And Ashley is going to reach out. We're going to send you that email and we're going to stay in touch with you because you know, we're on your team and we want to help you and we believe in you and you're doing a really good job. So first thing you go and change your Instagram profile. Okay. Second thing you start thinking about maybe a t-shirt or if you want to do that, something to think about. Third Mm -hmm. thing, you start thinking about that amount of money that you're going to put towards your crowdfunding. How do you want to spend that money? Do you want to do it towards expos? Crowdfunding might be the way to do it, right? Or is that money ready for crowdfunding right now? Or should it go elsewhere? Because at the end of the day, if you come back to like, no, this is the way to do it, absolutely support you, make it happen. But I think it's awesome you have your eyes open knowing like in order for it to succeed, you're going to have to put a lot of money into it. Yeah. We love you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay, well, we'll just say this, Erica, go and follow her Muse Denim, M-U-S-E-D-E-N-I-M, yes, on Instagram. And she's going to have a lot of exciting things coming up because you heard what we just told her to do. (laughs) So I can't wait to see. Don't you just love Erica? How open and vulnerable and just 
ready to learn she is. She seriously is such a huge example to me. Go and support her. Give her some love on Instagram. M-U-S-E-D-E-N-I-M. Muse Denim. She's amazing. So now let's get into those business therapy questions because these questions are what are going to take all of this insight and help you turn it into action. Because remember, insight is what? Cute. But action is drop dead gorgeous. That's right, boss babes, you know. And so the number one question is, are you focusing your energy on the right thing right now? So it's easy to focus your energy on something and then just get stuck on that. And I want you to think about what your goals are, what your hopes are. And for right now, just for today, are you focusing your energy on the right thing for today? The example of this is Erica has been pouring into her social media and her newsletter and all of these things. And it's been so great. But I said to her, Erica, but what do you have for people when they show up? What do you have for them? Because we're we're so many months out from having anything to offer them. What do we have for them? And maybe taking a pause to focus on some physical product is a good idea for Erica. Maybe not only Erica knows, but like I said, I think it's so easy sometimes to just put ourselves on a trajectory and just work towards it. But evaluating, and I do this every day. I really do this every day. I don't just get caught up in the momentum of deadlines. Today, I did this with Nichelle, actually, where I could have gone in and I could have been like, we're promoting awesome on demand. So I just need to be doing that. I just need to be doing that. And I stopped and I said, hey, here's all these projects I'm super excited about in the next six to nine months. And we need sponsorships for these types of projects. What can we do today to start to get that ball rolling? And if I was just focused on what I need to do right now, everything I'm working on right now, it doesn't get the ball rolling in the direction that I want to be taking my business ultimately. And really at the end of the day, this year I'm all about doing what is fun and spontaneous because I am missing that in my business so much. And this is, I don't know, it's really helping me doing it. So that first question is, are you focused on the right thing for right now? And then the second question is, do you work with people who know more than you? This is such a good question, and I'm so grateful that I talked to Erica because I don't think I would have thought to bring this question up any other way. It is so important that you work with people who know more than you. It is so important that you expose yourself to people who know more than you. And I've talked to a lot of people in very, very high-level companies, and they say the demise of this project, the demise of this whatever, was that this person or this team didn't want to bring in people who knew more than us. And that is my goal right now is I am talking to people who know more than me. And especially when we get started, sometimes I think some of us shy away from that because we don't want to seem stupid. We want to figure things out ourselves. We get gold stars. The people I know who are the most successful in business are truly the most aggressive at finding people who are smarter than them. And they're so humble and they just listen so eagerly. And Erica is such a good example of that. So it's really important to surround yourself with the right people. And also the example that I give here for Erica is I think lots of times we network and go to conferences and show up places where we feel really comfortable, but those might not be the places that have the people that 
really can help us. And so I want you to break your brain open a little bit and challenge yourself to think of where's somewhere I could show up this year that is uncomfortable and different for me and show up and just be humble and willing to learn and and see what that does for you. I ah, Man, that's a really, I'm going to do that. That's really good. Good job, me. Okay. And business therapy question number three is what is your ideal end game? Here's the focus I want to take with this question because of course we ask this question in a variety of different ways. There is a difference, like I talked to Erica, of learning and stretching and putting yourself in new places and meeting new people like I just talked about. There's a difference between that and then really just finding a job that you end up doing that just doesn't suit you. And last year, I feel like I'm, I really am trying to understand that balance because on the one hand, I do have people working with me now and I have a team that's being built up and being a quote unquote manager or a boss is a very systems, you know, not spontaneous job. And uh, half of it was me saying, this is really uncomfortable. I don't think I'm qualified for this. I don't think I can do this. And then the other half of it was, I don't like doing this. This is not the work that is fun for me. And so I had to identify at different times, am I doing work that is taking me towards my end goal, meaning learning how to communicate better and learning how to work with the team is taking me towards my end goal. So I'm keeping that part of it that really serves me. And it did feel uncomfortable and it did feel honestly just really terrible in a lot of ways. And then the other side of it is I examined, okay, but the side of this job that is me being in the office all these hours and having all these meetings and making group decisions and really feeling stifled, like I ha- I can't be spontaneous and do nonsense things. I decided just to let go of all that part of the job because it, it just doesn't suit me. I don't like doing it and it's not taking me towards my ideal end game because it makes me want to quit. Doing the job that way made me want to quit and and seriously shut down shop. And so this idea of your ideal end game is so crucial and important because learning how to build a team and learning how to communicate with a team and learning how to just have all the interpersonal communication and troubleshooting and all of the things that go with it, it really is taking me towards my end goal. And so I'm, I'm definitely keeping that part. But the other sides, like I said, wasn't. And if I had just stuck and focused on, do I like being a boss? Do I like feeling like a manager? I would have just been like, no. See, so it's a really, really good question to ask yourself. And then really, you know, a a way to look at that, that I think adds a little bit of a different lens is, am I uncomfortable because it's growing and learning and, and stretching and that's uncomfortable? Or am I uncomfortable because I'm actually, I just don't like doing this. It doesn't suit me and my strengths. And I think the way that you can know if it doesn't suit you is it keeps you, the, the aspect of the job or the job keeps you from shining where you shine. And so being really rigid and planned keeps me from shining where I shine, which is being spontaneous and having fun and doing nonsense. And I'm really, really excited because in 2020, there is going to be a lot more nonsense. (laughs) 
Okay, so there's your business therapy questions. You guys are fantastic, and I'm so excited for this review from Ashcraft, and here it is. She says, crucial content. Allison knows how to dig out the problems her clients don't want to see. I love that you said that, and she does it in a kind way. Thank you. I do try to be kind. I love listening to her sessions with her coaching clients because I put myself in their shoes. I realize I need to work on almost everything they do. I have the same fears and limiting beliefs. She breathes confidence and fire into them and vicariously into me. Thanks for sharing these coaching sessions, Allison. They are priceless. Thank you so much, Ashcraft. Shoot us an email to info at allisonsbrandschool.com. And you know what, Ash? When I am doing these coaching sessions, I also see everything that they're doing. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing that too. And that's why I'm doing this podcast because we can all see ourselves in other people and it it helps open our mind to things we couldn't have seen before. So I want to thank you guys so much for being here. I want to thank you for sharing about the podcast. It really means so much to me. It's, you know, a newer podcast getting traction. And I want to invite you guys, will you at least do this for me? Will you at least check out Awesome On Demand and just give it a look and look at all of the parts of it and ask yourself if you don't think that investing just a little bit in yourself each month or you can do it all in one yearly payment wouldn't help you hold yourself a little more accountable for doing the work you feel called to do. That's why I created it and I really want to invite you to check it out. Again, you can go to theallisonshow.com or you can just look at the link in the description of this podcast. You guys are doing an incredible job. Remember, you are uniquely qualified to do the work you feel called to do and that is why you feel called to do it. You have everything you need right now in this exact moment and this exact moment is all we have and I want to remind you if you feel called to do it. Freaking do it. Love you, boss babes. My man, Mr. Eric Robertson, wants to invite you to join Pleasant Pictures Music Club. If you are a content creator, you can save 20% off with the code Business Therapy. So go to pleasantpictures.club and enjoy this jaunty tune.